Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. and There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello, and welcome to Syndicates, where we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. I am your host, Armand Haddad, and welcome to Episode 7. This season, we are exploring the hidden gems of films, or films you probably passed over watching. Joining me in the studio today is Simone. Simone, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Currently, Simone is a videographer for a tech company here in the Chicago area. Or you probably know Simone from his voiceover work from Mobile Suit Gundam and Hot Tub Time Machine. But most likely, you know him from 2343. Uh, yeah, it, it's a small podcast. I don't know if you know me for that or for any reason at all. But, you know, if, if you want to look it up later, you might, 
You might find it's just interviews. It's just um, I just recently added the subtitle uh, "No Bullshit Interviews." So just look it up. <laughs> just look at the three four three no bullshit interviews. I I ran out of bullshit. <laughs> hey, you know at least they're being transparent about it. Yeah, I mean I still have some bullshit, but you know I try to keep that mostly to myself. <laughs> it's uh. I think we all have a little bit of bullshit inside of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hold dearly on to it. Man. So today we are going to dive deep and discuss the moralities in the business broadcasting and news agency world for today's episode. Wow. Recommendation is Network. So, Simone, what did you think of Network? What What were your initial thoughts? Ah, it was it was such a great movie. It's one of those movies that I meant to watch for over a decade, and uh, it happened just a few months ago. But um, but you know, I used to live in another country when I wanted to watch it, and um, um, I thought it was it was really uh, looking at the future in a way that maybe wasn't understand at the time. I don't know, I wasn't around, but mm-hmm. it did have a very clear. Um, vision of what merging entertainment and news and politics then would eventually become. And, and I thought it was very insightful and, um, and incredibly, incredibly, um, contemporary and tied to the present, even though it's a movie from 1976, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mid seventies. And I would say a lot of the things that they talk about in the movie, like really hit the hallmarks of like our today's. Uh, world with like media mm-hmm. and how did you first hear about network uh well it, the movie network is called in italian through a friend of mine we, we used to watch movies together in high school and then when we were in college uh in italy um the italian title of that is actually quinto potere which means uh the the fifth estate the fifth power Oh, wow. And it's a direct homage to Citizen Kane, because the Italian title of that is Fourth Estate, Fourth Power. Wow. So, yeah, you know, where does this come from? I don't know if it's like a common idea here in the U.S., but um, the the separation of powers is is pretty common as an idea. You know, the, the three, ju- the judicial... Uh, uh, of, of the, the base of the democracy, basically. Mm-hmm. The, the democracy is based on the separation of powers so the fourth estate besides the three fundamental ones is is press and media because it can influence uh politics pretty much almost as much as as the legislative power the executive power the judicial power but in a more informal way so citizen kane referred to the press and how that influences through business uh yeah the, the process of social life and and they call it the fourth estate and the fifth estate was the title that they choose quinto potere the fifth power for for network so i heard it the first time as with that title and i had no clue that it was just called network which i think it, it's great uh too and it was i think i was in high school so we we're talking about 15 years ago or so yeah mm-hmm Man, that's incredible because like, I mean, it's so true. Like the press and like the media have so much power and so much influence over the common people that it can be seen as like the fourth and fifth branch of like governments and power, even though it's separated from the governments. And that brings me to 
your ties to the news world because in Italy, <laughs> you were a part of like a news agency of sorts, kind of like uh, <laughs> was it like the Daily Show? Yeah, I I actually worked for three different newspapers, not just in TV. Uh, I I started writing satire on a newspaper when I was 22. It was a national newspaper in Italy. And then I started to create videos online for those, satirical political videos for that. And then eventually I started to work for public radio. But yeah, you know, nobody cared about me. But <laughs> I'm no Howard Beale. Uh, like in the movie, the, the name of the main character is Howard Beale. Mm-hmm. Before we really get into today's discussion, the thing we like to do at the Syndicate is called the elevator pitch. Please stand clear of the closing So, Simone, you have 60 seconds to pretty much give the entire plot of the movie without major spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you ready, Simone? I am very ready. Okay. We will start in three, two, one, go. All right, there is this deranged uh, news broadcaster, uh, Howard Beale. He's an anchorman, and someday he just implodes live on air, and he starts to be really <laughs> angry at uh, the world as it is, and that starts a whole process of uncovering how news and politics and entertainment are all tied together. So we see these men imploding, and we see the powers that, like, pressure him to to keep going and at the same time not giving up but will he give up i don't know maybe he will give up maybe not he he starts one thing that he does (laughs) is he goes at the window and he tells everybody watching that they should go at the window and start to yell i i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take this anymore and that is the most iconic catchphrase but there is even an even more iconic monologue watch the movie Damn, with even three seconds to spare. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> just no, that really, like, like envelops the entire premise of the movie. Is like, you have this um, anchor man that's completely uh, disenchanted with his job and becomes so deranged because of certain aspects of his life falling apart, and he just implodes on air, and that's pretty much the driving force of the film and where the film takes you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a good summation. And getting back to the news world, um, Mm -hmm. your your time at uh, MTV and all those publications overseas Uh, in Italia. Well, for Vigam, it was Comedy Central. I... Let's put it like this. Um, a person that has much more authority than I might have, I think has, is, it's one of their favorite movies. I, 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 I discovered, uh, Stephen Colbert. This is the favorite movie of Stephen Colbert. And when he was still doing the Colbert Report, in 2011, he, he had an interview with The Atlantic where he explained how Howard Beale, the anchorman in the movie, is the very first man showing you that there is people that want you to know how you should think about things, like what mm-hmm. you should think about something. And that is Colbert's point of view. And I think that is very true about the movie. It shows you how... You are usually invited to hate something, to be angry at something, to be happy about something, to be totally entertained by something. So that is, that is something that is, is very 
present um, in in what you do. And, you know, when I used to make political commentary and, and satire back in Italy, um, I often found myself between those first viral videos when YouTube was barely a thing and Facebook was just existed for like two or three years, you, you quickly start to give somebody not what they need, but what they want. Because if you give people what they want, that will generate views, engagements, and clicks. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's a big goal of, of any media, uh, because that, that's how it works. And it's no exception. This is present in network in 1976, so much that Howard Beale's, uh, this angry man is angry and gets mad on TV. And people get scared, scared and excited about it. And network uh, executives at first are scared because what is going to happen to to the investors? What is going to happen to our partners? What are they going to think? How are people going to react? Are they going to hate it? Are gonna, they going to hate us, not watch it? The opposite happens. The opposite happens because anger and fear and honesty to some extent, because there is a very good intention, I think, from the character of Howard Beale, that gets engagement, that gets views. And the same mechanism is true in contemporary media. So it was true, I think, for not just me, but whoever is in the business of doing that, including, you know, late night shows that, as we said, this is the favorite movie of Stephen Colbert. But originally he portrayed in the Colbert Report a parody of a news anchorman. I can see how this was his favorite movie because Colbert used to never break out of character, always be in this character of a parody of an anchorman. But you slowly turn into something that is not a parody of it or trying to to denounce, to let people know of what is happening, um, you, you turn into a tool. Because this mechanism incorporates anger, incorporates fear in the movie, in the metaphor of the movie. And it, it just becomes another gear of the, the, the network system. Eventually, you know, the executives embrace and and some characters don't understand they embrace this craziness of the man who yells and 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 threatens uh on, on tv and they invest him with the power of being the mad prophet of tv because he tells the truth but the truth there is a danger that the truth is more in the manner of saying things than in the content of what is needed to say and it's and it's an actual truth so <laughs> it's a very long monologue to <laughs> say yes i think that from any source that you have in front of you this is the message of the movie ask yourself what the reasons are of what you are consuming reading or watching just why you know that that is a way to generate a little shield for yourself. Just ask yourself, you know, why am I being presented with this, especially on social media? Which is, do you do you think that social media is part of of this fourth and fifth estate, like we said? Absolutely. Um, mm. I think it, it's a byproduct of like the evolution of how we receive and transmit um, news and stories. Like because in the seventies, where network takes place um 
the the television was like pretty much at its peak or like becoming a rising star mm-hmm. so everyone was glued to um the television set everyone was tuned into uh the news broadcast at like eight o'clock or ten o'clock or whatever time they um had those so everyone was like glued to the tv now everyone's glued to their cell phone and where do people get their news not from like ABC or NBC, like those news packages, but more so the articles or stuff they see on social media that's being tweeted out or being shared on uh, platforms like Facebook. So totally like Mm. people are consumed by the desire to like see what's going on on in the world through social media. And it's filtered through the lens of like, I would say biases or confirmation biases, like stuff they mm. want to see. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much they're not getting the news objectively. They're getting it through the filters of like, whether it's entertainments or partisanship, I would say. So they're getting what they want, but not what they need. I think that is, what part did you, <laughs> I don't want to interview about the movie, but it's a chat about the movie. So I'm curious, which part did you like of the movie the most? Um, Pretty much what I enjoyed from Network was my preconceived, um, like, I don't want to say preconceived notions, but stuff I heard about the film before. Because my Mm. first interaction with Network was, um, I would say, mid-2000s when this documentary came out called Zeitgeist, and they Mm -hmm. used clips from Network, Howard Howard Beald's, the main character's... um, monologues which is i'm mad as hell like everything that you perceive the world to be like it's false and it's not real and we should be angry but we're not being angry and that way that really resonated for me as like a teenager and then Mm. you know growing up i always i didn't really associate it to the movie until years later i realized oh there's a movie but i never got around to see it until recently and it's definitely one of those movies where I'm like, I wish I saw this sooner because it yeah. really opens doors and like it, it lingers with you in a good way. It like, it makes you think, it makes you think mm-hmm. about like the establishments such as like the news or media. And it's like, huh, maybe it's not exactly how I perceive it to be. Maybe it's different. Maybe like, it's kind of like that Shakespeare quote where, like, the world's a stage and you're just an actor in it. So right. It's kind of like that. I don't, I don't think that, you know, watching this movie and watching many other, like, movies, one can fall into the, oh, the invisible hand of the powers. Like, you know, it's, it's easy to do watching this movie. You're just thinking, like, oh, that's how it works. And... I don't think no I, I do because you know that is the temptation that the one has mm-hmm. like oh now I think it gives you a perspective and it gives you an idea of some concepts but it still stays like the universe of the movie like it, it is there is a monologue by the CEO of the CEOs of the end of the world CEO basically <laughs> the, the anchorman pisses off these guys so much and you know they go like all right but you you know what you have a good audience so here is a show just be mad every night at 8 p.m. and and bring us sponsors and partners which he does 
But then he he commits a false step. <laughs> he just takes a false a, a bad step and and unveils a, a deal, a business deal that is happening between the network owners and I don't remember external investors. And that's that's when that's when he tried to challenge the gods. <laughs> it's just like, yes, <laughs> and that um yeah yeah that's you know that's that's another part that. In that universe, when you reach the monologue, it's a very powerful monologue by the CEO of the CEOs, which is called Jensen, the character, I think. Um, that is one of the parts that you look at and go like, oh, wow, that's very true. <laughs> so like, uh, I get, oh, yeah, I see it. Um, it. But it still stays in the metaphors of the universe, and, and it becomes very, very powerful um that that part you know it, the guy goes like there are no peoples there are no nations there are just corporations that that is the right. point and the yeah, framing like is fantastic oh yeah because i mean visually the framing is like uh the ceo is like positioned to be like above um howard beale so it's kind of like and that camera angle is from the bottom mm-hmm. going up which implies that he's the dominating force in that um, relationship, yeah, that exchange. Mm-hmm. Like Howard Beale sees himself as a god, but once he meets the CEO, he's like, oh, I am a god, but not the god. He's like a lesser god, and like the greater god can like smack him down whenever he wants, because he's the CEO. He can like take a show off the air whenever he wants. Yeah. And Howard it, Beale it's... definitely yeah, sees himself like I think, he, I think he, I think he feels in, insignificant, not just like a god. I think he feels like he goes like, oh, I, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Even in the framing, like this guy is standing in between at the end of a desk, in between a row of of nineteen uh, twenties Art Deco green lamps, the ones that you always see in Hollywood movies. In every Hollywood movie, there is those green lamps on a table. Yeah. But there is a row of the, a row of those, and on the opposite side, there is Howard Beale sitting, almost like head between his shoulders in the dark. <laughs> it's just open mouth and just waiting. <laughs> and Jensen goes this morning, like, there is no nations, there is no peoples, there is no... And it, it calms down suddenly and goes like, am I getting through you, Mr. Beale? And then resumes this anger of <laughs> the wrath of the God, this thing. So it's easy to see this in, as an explanation of how everything works. I think it's just a version, a satire that shows you how, you know, there are dynamics. They're not always immediately clear, but there mm-hmm. is no secret. You go like, now I have a different view. I think these mechanisms are always there to be seen. There is nothing secret. There is nothing unseen. It just takes a somewhat critical spirit to to stare long enough to see them and you know who's in the business i think does see them as does stephen colbert when does uh, his usual monologues since he took over david letterman which are very similar to each other every night mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point is is falling into this mechanism and yeah and side note uh with stephen colbert do you think stephen colbert because like in the beginning like with the Colbert report, he was like mm-hmm. like a caricature of a news anchorman. Mm-hmm. 
Like, do you think he kind of took on that persona to heart? Because like with the, with, um, his late night show that he took over from David Letterman, like it's very, uh, politicized and he seems to be really tailoring his stuff to his audience instead of like being like putting on a show for people to be like oh i like that show yeah i like what he's yeah, doing is it, is it, isn't like, that yeah. true i don't you know besides i recognize isn't this mechanism true of many outlets not just colbert or colbert or or fox news or anything like you know I try mm-hmm. to not focus on on the specific network on or the character. Yes, I think I think what you're saying exists as it does in many many other mm-hmm. different shows, different networks. I think it's an overall truth. Yeah, we go back to the opinion serving side of the things and to the echo chamber. Mm-hmm. You, oh, yeah. when I watch something like that, if it happens to be in front of me, I go like, "Well, what is the goal of this thing?" It, it, again, the shield. You go like, "Is this to inform me, or is this to make me more engaged through outrage mm-hmm. or through?" And yep. and I think that as long as there is some irony in it, as it was for the Colbert Report, where the Stephen Colbert character never broke character with a real human being, or as it is in Borat. For example, Sasha Baron Cohen is another person who never breaks out of character when he does political satire. So when it's taken through the lenses of of doing a caricature of it, uh, I think that that paradoxically can become more honest than just trying to pass as natural, but to gather views or to gather engagements. You know, what is what is what I try to do. It's this, uh, you know, is this covered because it matters or because, you know, it needs to generate interest, mm-hmm. engagement, views, or yeah. or is this a partial point of view? Is it a very, very, there is nothing wrong with partial point of views because those become opinions eventually, right? But are yeah. there partial facts in it? Is there a partial reporting of the vision or the fact? That is the difference. Because many, many controversial issues have so such an incredible amount of different aspects that it's easy to reduce it to to make wow, the immigrants are doing this and that. Well, are they? <laughs> or is are they? Or is that just three facts used as a proof? And there is another million realities happening. You know when right. when it's confirmation I see, bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if it's done consciously, that's manipulation oh, yeah. it, from a person who is in charge of doing that. And. And that can be true of the same things. I always find myself contrasting in opinion. I never know how to explain some things because sometimes controversial facts have multiple fruits at the same time. Um, let's say, let's, let's take something controversial. And again, just theoretically, say immigration. Um, a few years ago, during the early stages of an administration, there was a problem that was like, well, we have an immigration problem. 
we have an immigration problem with work visas from big tech companies. They're just hiring whoever you want to, you know, to pay them less if they come from elsewhere. And they mostly come from two or three countries. But so the solution is enough, never, nothing. <laughs> so the solution is let's stop everything and destroy it and literally sunset it and make it double hard to do. So that thing has multiple truths to me because one is like, is that a problem? Yes, it is. It really, really exists as a problem. It's not to say like, well, no, we should have an unlimited. No, it, it is a problem. And I say this as a person who is, you know, has went through many phases in life and countries. Mm -hmm. So it is. But at the same time, is this. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Solution to just put the shame on everybody, given one case, and stop everything abruptly in a way that damages families and people in a terrible, 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 terrible way of suffering for <laughs> people who don't deserve it? No. So... What what happens with news is just like, oh, this problem doesn't exist. This is terrible. Everything is terrible. And the opposite is just like, well, the hell with suffering. We're just going to destroy and stop everything. It's a, both things are true. It's like, this is a problem. How do we solve it not in a known drastic way that ruins everybody's life? It's just like, you know. But But it's more interesting. And as it happens in network... To create a case of selling anger. Because then yeah. you're angry and you're engaged. And then, and then eventually, you know, depending on what you're reading, if you ask yourself, like, why am I reading that? Because why I might be presented with this material? Because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, pars and partners and sponsors are paying the, for the clicks and views. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And given the context of Network, um, this movie was released in 1976, so it was filmed in 1975 during the height of the Vietnam War. And a lot of people were very, very angry mm -hmm. over the U.S. involvement in, a, I would say, a, a meaningless war, a war that, that the Americans at the time believed we had no business being there. Like, why should we send our, our boys to die in a land far away? And um, so that caused a lot of protests and a lot of, like, anti-establishment uh, movements. I would say it probably kicked off one of the first anti-establishment movements because, like, 
prior to that, like people had a very positive view of the governments. And then once the, the threat of communism and how we dealt with it really put a stinker in a lot of Americans' eyes. And fast forward to today, um, like with uh, social media, like with uh, the Iraq war in Afghanistan, like people use that platform to, you know, consume hate or, or, to, or, or as a platform to like express their hatred towards something. So that's why I think um, a network resonated so well during that time is because like, it, it's kind of like the mirror mirroring effect of like the original context of when it was created. It's like, yeah, people were very angry and people didn't really know what to do or to channel that in energy. And then like, people watching it today it's like oh i understand that anger now because like i'm angry right now yeah anger as value in that movie yeah it's really currency yeah and it resonates so much with like the characters in that movie and before we really get into the crux of the movie so uh it stars um a character called uh Howard Beale, which is played by Peter Finch, and the other characters are, you know, Faye Dunaway, who plays uh, a news uh, a news businesswoman called uh, Diana, and uh, Max Schumacher, who is uh, played by William Holden. So we talked a lot about Howard Beale and like, like he really is the heart of the movie. But uh, there are other plot lines going on which interweave with Howard Beale's you know, rise the power and rise the fame. Mm -hmm. And the movie kicks off pretty much just as your uh, elevator pitch um, portrays it. Howard Beale's slow descent into madness. And it is personified, like the first seed is like, so Howard Beale has a tough uh, personal life and he like loses his wife. Like his whole life Mm -hmm. is falling apart around him. And um, his show, his news anchor show, is ending. So to announce that he's leaving the show, he very... I don't even know if it's tongue-in-cheek, but he's like, so, you know, my last show is going to be next week, and uh, I'm going to blow my brains out on live TV. Like, says it as straight as he could be. (laughs) And, like, the news anchor people are like, wait a minute, what did he just say? (laughs) Did he just say he's going to, like, kill himself on live TV? And, like... So, like, starting from there, like, the views and the 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 ratings, like, skyrocket for anything to do with Howard Beale, which then leads to not his retirement, but him having his own dedicated show, the Howard Beale Show, and um, this businesswoman that's spearheaded by, uh, Diana, really, like, takes advantage of, like, people's anger and, like, people's interest in this guy who becomes kind of like a caricature, like the Colbert mm-hmm. rapport. Um, do you see like people like Faye Dunaway's character, Diana, like in the news world right now? <laughs> um, I think the movie has a bunch of tropes for characters that have been readapted throughout the decades until now in TV shows. So, if I think about that, um, the first one that comes to mind is Newsroom, 
which is a show TV show oh, by yeah. Aaron Sorkin. And mm-hmm. I think the very opening is a fairly famous scene um, of Newsroom, the TV show, where um, Jeff Daniels plays the main character, the main anchorman, being interviewed, yeah. just goes on a rant, <laughs> destroying a college student who just says candidly, not knowing just, why does America the greatest country in the world? And it just goes on <laughs> rant, destroying her. Basically sharing his truth and what he sees as the truth behind the curtain and the scenes. So that is a trope that comes back. And Diane shows as the partner producer of um, Jeff Daniels' character. So in Newsroom, there is a Diane character. Another show that took that is The Morning Show on Apple TV Plus recently. Mm. Where... Uh, Reese Witherspoon's character has a breakdown, also telling the truth, pretty much live on TV. She goes viral. If Howard Beale's character was in the 2010s or 2020s, he would have not been like live on TV. Show. He would have he would have gone viral. <laughs> that would have been a clip. <laughs> like, no, that's true. Like that thing was like, yeah, yeah seeing Howard Beale like basically implode, like <laughs> at live. <laughs> um. And there is there is a Diane character there too, but it's a man in the case of, of oh. the Apple Newsroom show. So it's an interesting uh, gender reversal of the roles. I think it also shows the difference in times. Um, so I don't know in the real world. I, I don't know if I can identify that. And then I don't live the life of a, of a broadcast network anchorman at all, but I I can see that that trope coming through, and it's interesting to see how influential it was on news shows. They always have this, you know, the executive that goes like, "No, you should not tell the truth," and the anchorman was like, "I am I have no bullshit anymore. I will <laughs> use the power that I have to talk to sixty million people to tell the truth," and then they go like, "All right, the truth gets us views. Keep telling the truth, but not too much truth." Just some truth, which is exactly what happens in the Apple News, uh, the Apple TV, uh, the morning show. Too. They go like, we'll tell the truth. And they're like, not too much, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that happens in the network, too. So yeah. I could see that influence rippling yeah. through uh, adaptations. But yeah, in the in the network, like as Howard Beale is making his, like, his speech about, his first speech about mm-hmm. like how, you know, life is bullshit and mm-hmm. this and that and in the background the the production team's completely going crazy there are phones ringing off the hook hey phones ringing off do you know what is one part that i love that made me laugh so hard i remember it's what? like when the phones are ringing off because the guy is like the night after the guy is or the week after i don't remember the anchorman howard bill is back on the show and he goes like hey everybody Here's an announcement. I really, really was insane a few nights ago. Uh, but, you know, I, I apologize because I committed an act of madness. But what really happened is I, I ran out of bullshit. I just, I was just <laughs> like, it's like, I am sorry. I just, you know, I was lying with me. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't have any more bullshit. And, and phones start to ring again. And then yep. the CEOs are like, oh, this is And then there is always one good producer, like in the other two shows that I mentioned to you, 
that goes like, well, he's saying that life is bullshit and it's the truth. So what are you screaming about? Bang! And, so, yes. <laughs> and bangs the phone on the receiver. <laughs> it's just like, and, and, and a, and a seventies secretary who is very minute and cute. She goes like, Mr. Something something is trying to get a hold of you. And you're like, I will not take this call. Truth is happening and history is happening. <laughs> so, sorry, this is my, you know. No, that was the point I was going to make because like, like, that line is, like, so perfect. Yeah. He's saying life is bullshit. <laughs> He's right. Life is bullshit. So what are you screaming about? And I'm like, oh, that's kind of true. And it's a line where it's, you know, it's, it's, it gets easier if you stop, like, doesn't it get easier when you drop the bullshit? I feel like that it, it, so gets, much easier. it gets so much easier. <laughs> it's like, you see what life actually is like mm. through the the lenses of all these like bs it's like okay it's like what are we doing what yeah. what kind of world are we building it's like let's just be authentic so if you yeah here is the way that i can see it though it's like you know being less i understand the mechanisms that i was trying to do you like the bullshit <laughs> this is like the, the end game question of this movie to me is just like you know, there is a lot of bullshit going on. And I said bullshit about 52 times, so I hope you put the, <laughs> the, the, the explicit tag on iTunes. But uh, <laughs> it was like, if you like it, that's fine. As long as you know it, keep scrolling Instagram all day and, and presenting cheese, grilled cheese sandwiches. As so blessed. So grateful for this right. this perfect day of cheese sandwich. And sometimes it's great. Like I, I love grilled cheese. I think it's one of the most perfect things in the world. But hey, grilled so, cheese is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's you know, it's and that is the truth of it. But I, do I need to constantly share about grateful I am about grilled cheese or about how angered I am about? So just I don't need that news most of the times when I scroll right. through. I don't. I don't. I don't want to know about it. I, Honestly, do not want to know about many things. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like sometimes the pressure of like re- I, I get easily into the. I will read a million articles per day, but I'm trying to make it be mostly opinions. There are on a blog of people that sometimes also have a different view from mine, mm. and that makes things easier because you're not reading the title like there's 10 ways to <laughs> make your glass of water more interesting during quarantine wait till you see number seven yeah it's a number <laughs> yeah it's like it's seven ways to and it's like i don't like or, doctors or like hate to, this guy <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> right seven ways the doctor killed this person the same person like this thing <laughs> it's like the, that kind of advertisement that one's like oh i'll get him to click on this link it's just like here is how the china america presidents hate red blue partisan sh- i don't know what i'm saying you know it's just this blob of words they're like ah i hate those yeah. people <laughs> yeah it's important to see viewpoints from like hmm. like other other ends of the aisle and then you can do see you do like that? okay it's hard but yeah i try to do it <laughs> how, like, do, okay. how do you force yourself it's it's hard how do you because it's so time consuming because uh-huh. like okay it's like okay you have your 
for example, in America, we have the left and the right and mm. independent, but no one wants to talk about them. So you have like the left leaning media companies and you have the right leaning media companies. So you have to listen to both those companies, what they're saying. And then you have to decipher, okay, what's the, what's the through line? What's the median? Like what are the, the, the overlapping features? And that, that's the truth. Can it's you like, usually? I find it incredibly hard because there is like so many layers. <laughs> oh yeah. That I just like, to, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you have to get through like their biases and then what, what agenda they're trying to push. And it's like, oh, okay. It's much easier. And, and the majority of people subscribe to this method is, mm. okay, here's my one show that I like. He's saying exactly what I like. And I'm just going to listen to that and form my opinion and then parrot that opinion mm. when I'm asked about those issues. And it's like, it's like, which is easier? It's like, yes. what's better for you? Yes. But just, people just, take the easier route. stop following it. Just stop following it. It's very rare that I, that I read an article that I, usually, like, I go like, Bloomberg, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I know, it's Bloomberg.com. I go, but not, but not for my, you know, this was before my, I come from a country mm -hmm. where in my life, Mike Bloomberg was never a politician. It was just, guy who had bloomberg.com that's all it was yeah. for me i usually saw in italy there was like and this is the financial news in cooperation with bloomberg it was like that yeah. that was it there was or forbes yeah yeah it was it was the equivalent of well i don't want to put too much glitter on, on bloomberg yeah. but yeah but it, <laughs> it was just like somebody like yeah financialtimes.com yeah that's the kind of thing and you know, uh, I, I just try to limit. Let's be honest. I try to limit the amount. I don't, I know just like, I will never open Fox and New York Times. I, I will, I will. Uh, but, but I try to go like, uh, maybe I had enough for today. <laughs> it's just like, I have so much pressure. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's tiring. Yeah. And people, like, like I, yeah, because like they all have, their their thing like i in people like okay so howard beale like people mm -hmm. gravitated towards him because like he articulated what the american people were feeling yeah that's like, a very good point yeah he he denounced the hypocrisy yeah. of their time yeah and you know like i would say the contemporary version or like an aspect of like hmm. the person that's like who's that i don't I would say, specifically with news, is uh, Donald Trump. Like, regardless what you say about him or what people say about oh, him, oh man, is like he called a spade a spade. He was like, "Fake uh, news. You have fake news." Yeah, it's like, okay. Everyone felt the, that way. No one said it. Yeah, but you know why that doesn't hold up for me? Because even if I can, let's say I can get to agree to that, the point is just like Colbert. Well, not just like Colbert, more than Colbert. Well, the man plays that same kind of show himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Definitely. yeah, but see, I, it's, I just here is the thing: you can't. I will not take like an eye opening from the person who's closing them at the same time, just in a different way or technique. So, it. I don't think you you, you kind of do an equation and you balance it out and it's worth nothing because even if that was the case that is his bread and butter like that is and not just for him that is a very common technique for 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 howard beale howard beale becomes 
also part of that system. So let's take oh, yeah. actual politician, politicians out of the, the equation. You mm-hmm. got a really good point. The person who denounces what is happening then becomes a prophet, a mad prophet of the thing that is happening itself. Why? Because there is a correction, an error correction mechanism. Saying the thing how it is or how he perceives it, because honestly, there is no truth. At least for me, I don't see that what Howard Beale says as the truth. So, but saying something that is non-conventional eventually gets absorbed and corrected to be uniform with with the same mechanism that generated it. So I think that is also what drives Beale uh, towards real desperation, you know, because he then sees that uh, whatever he thought he was the truth was nothing else but another part of the mechanism. And in this way, you have you can also picture yourself the very famous like Charlie Chaplin image of mm-hmm. the man ending up in the middle of the gears in the same way. And this is also a theme that is taken by countless other shows, right? There is. When I, when you said that, another thing that came to mind is the original series of Black Mirror, season one, 2013, mm-hmm. was still a Channel 4 show in in, yep. in England. Mm-hmm. So when it wasn't a Netflix thing that just goes like, we ain't living a simulation. Oh, no. <laughs> that is, <laughs> Black Mirror, last three seasons, simulation. So no. So before that, there is an episode with a guy who lives in this future society where they bike every day to produce energy. And then they go back to their room slash pod where they sleep. And and I guess that's it. They all sleep and they brush their teeth, which is just made of screens, which are advertisement. And they get credits. The more the bike, the more credits they have to buy things, even including removing advertisement from their own living pod. Mm. So this guy at some point is just like, ah, I hate all of this. There is a way to get out of this. And it's a reality TV show. If I win that, I am free. Not just that, he gets there and he, then he does a, he pulls, he pulls a Howard Bill <laughs> there and he goes like, Hey judges, here is the truth and you can't stop me because I have this thing. The brilliance from that moment when the guy on stage takes up the stage to tell the truth to the masses is that a judge of this reality show just starts to go like, clap and go like, fantastic performance (laughs) like (laughs) fantastic performance i'm offering you a show on my channel (laughs) and and he goes like well i can become a celebrity and get out of the pot and get a show so he just every day does the same monologue over and over that's also i think very close to network where he becomes uh, you know the Mm -hmm. corrective part of of what happens and you know it's um so is the movie itself the movie itself, we're talking about it right now, but what it is, if not another way for us to observe the reality of the things. If it's not, the movie itself is a critique, but it is, you know, at the end of the day, just the same mechanism. Wow, so really much wisdom, is. so much wisdom. <laughs> yeah, and that also reminds me of a very small but hilarious uh, subplot, which is hmm. Diana, in conjunction to launching the Howard Beale show, mm-hmm. she was also 
I mean, before that, before she discovered Howard Beale, she was trying to push the envelope with TV. She wanted to get like a, like yes. a, a, a syndicated TV show yes. that, yeah, yes. like similar to like, like a war show, like FBI or MASH or whatever. But it was centered around the communist or this very <laughs> s- specific liberation front that produced their own, like, so they would like rob a bank or commit some crime, but they would videotape it. And she was mm-hmm. like, at the start of every show, we're going to show the real footage and then like do like a dramatization, like a, like a narrative version. And that would be the show. And so the point of that subplot is like, she's trying to like get like this real, like, uh, revolutionary, mm-hmm. um, outfit to be like, uh, these, uh, board members are like this, um, <laughs> consulting group for this TV show. Mm-hmm. It's funny because like, every time you see them, they're like in like a, like a rundown house and they're like, oh, we're gonna take it to the man, like defeat the capitalist machine, like this and that power to the people. But we also want network rights and, uh, we, we can't have people infringe upon our, our TV show. And I, I need a bigger share of the profits. Like, oh boy. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. That <laughs> they was become really the funny. thing. Yeah, yeah. They become the thing that they're fighting against. And yeah. That's, yeah. Kind of, kind of like the running theme of like all these, um, shows is like, they're like, they have good intentions in the beginning, and then they become the very evil that they're fighting against. Because even when you try to drop the bullshit, there's still more bullshit. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna come out. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Um, no, it's you know, uh, overall, it's it's a it's it's a really nice movie, and um, it's one of those that help you have a little bit of critical thinking and. Uh, it's really enjoyable and well done. Yeah. And before we sign off, we'd like to do the thing at Syndica called One Reason Why. So what is one reason why you would recommend this movie for somebody to watch? If you are interested in bullshit and <laughs> dropping it and seeing how it is constant throughout four or five decades... Just, just watch it if you're interested. <laughs> if you're interested in, in seeing how four decades ago there was as much as we have now, watch Network. Right, same BS, different times. <laughs> yeah, different characters, same bullshit. <laughs> time does not change. We deal with the same crap all the time. <laughs> and the reason for me, I would say, is similar to what we've been espousing for the past episode, which is it makes you look at life differently and it opens your eyes to like things that you wouldn't notice. It kind of like makes you see the world differently Mm. in whatever way that is. Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. (laughs) And uh, before we go, uh, where can people reach you or two, three, four, three. (laughs) 2343 No Bullshit Interviews uh, is on 2343, 2343.org, 2343.org, or any podcast app that you want. Honestly, you can ask your Sonos, you can ask your Alexa, you can ask your, you know, you can download the RSS feed. I don't care. Just go there, 
There is lots of full transcripts, also of 50 minutes long chats. There is the entire transcript, so you can also read it on 2343.org. Excellent. But that's it for this time on Syndicate, and we hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Network by Sydney Lumiere. Please check it out where it is available. And if you'd like to keep the conversation going, please add us at Syndicates on your favorite social media platform. That's C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E. And if you have any questions about the program or even the media that we recommend, please reach out at info at syndicate.com or visit the website, syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.